On this episode of Clarksville's Conversation, Charlie and Katie chat with retired Brigadier General Scott Brower. You'll find out why the retired general chose to call Clarksville in Montgomery County home. How a high school guidance counselor convinced him that he needed to go to West Point and started his military career. You'll also find out about his continuing connections to the 5th Special Forces Group and the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment. Also hear how he was able to bring the campus of Austin P. State University together with Fort Campbell and build strong relationships between Fort Campbell and Austin P. athletic teams. So you said you've listened to some podcasts. I have, yeah. So uh, we're not going to talk about Charlie a whole lot. but Okay, um, that'll yeah. be new. Yeah, that'll be setting. new, right? Okay, that's good. But in honor of Charlie, he must ask you a question. Okay. So go ahead. Okay. See, I've done this before. Give me a break, yeah. okay? So, so you're well-traveled, and not just from age, because I'm a little older than you, but you're well-traveled, and, and you're probably a history buff, I would guess. If you could trade places with somebody in through history just for a day. Oh, that's a good question. Who would that be? Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain. That was quick. It was. Why Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain? Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain uh, commanded uh, a unit from Maine during the Civil War, and uh, I've just found him to be one of the most intriguing uh, historical figures in our country. Now, that may not be a very popular answer sitting right here in Tennessee right now, but... He's also not one that you hear a whole lot about. No, you don't um, if, you, if you're not really, you know, a military buff there, but uh, he was just somebody that uh, did so many interesting things in life, you know, from uh, not a professional military officer. He wasn't from West Point, which was unusual for senior leaders during the Civil War, and, and uh, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain uh, led the 20th Maine, and he held a very strategic position uh, at the uh, one of the most significant battles, you know, in, in the in the war at Gettysburg. And the decisions that he made kind of held the Union line, uh, and then that you know it, it led to the victory that that happened over the next couple of days. And without his actions and and the decisions that he made, that may have turned the tide of, of huh. the battle. But it wasn't just because of that that that, that figure intrigues me, because it's what he did after the war when he returned home. Uh, he went on to become a two-term governor in Maine, and then he was also the president of Bowdoin uh, College up there. So he, he served in many different capacities. And, and once he was done with his public service, there was a um, a revolt and uprising up in Maine where people were not happy with the current government. And he once again st stepped forward to say, well, this is going to be resolved peacefully. And it was all the veterans that served alongside of him during the Civil War that rallied to his side mm. and actually put that insurrection down up in the state of Maine. So the, the total body of work was just, you know, very amazing to me. Um, it's always been somebody that I've admired. That, that's incredible. And you would think that I would have just served him up a question that I knew he knew the answer no, to. And no, that's, I was, so that's, it's impressive because it's obviously something you've thought about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've read on him and, you know, just, just, uh, was always intrigued with them. And it's not your typical answer, like somebody might say, oh, Charles Limpert. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. Well, I, you know, before we get too far into his career and what he's mm -hmm. doing now, we I have a question to ask you. 
Sure. Why Clarksville? Why are you in Clarksville, Montgomery County? It's a good. So, you know, the, the United States Army brought me here in 2001 for the first time. And, uh, and Jen and I brought our, our two girls here and when they were very young. Uh, started school down in Sango Elementary. And then over time, you know, the Army brought us back here three additional times. There was one period where I left and, and left the family here, hoping that we would get to come back, and it worked out that way. But, but the reason why we're still here today is where, you know, I found Clarksville, Montgomery County to be just so welcoming uh, to the military here. And having lived all around the country, uh, many different military bases, you know, often I found myself feeling like I was a soldier living in in somebody's community but when I was here I always felt like I was a soldier that was part of this community right we were accepted into it and you know most of my combat deployments overseas whether it was to Iraq Afghanistan or Pakistan uh, all started when I was here and um, you know something I felt very strongly about is the fact that uh, this community this village helped raise my children they yeah. did you know we always talk about you know a village raises raises children and, and in the Browers case that's very very true and so now this is a chance for Jen and I to, to come back here and to give back to this community a little bit you know, I, I think I'm sorry, Kate. That's right. I think I think part of that goes back to um, it's not just Clarksville, Montgomery County, where we live and mm -hmm. who we love, but you know, your Christian County, Oak Grove, Hopkinsville, we're all really just one big neighborhood with Fort Campbell, and, and you know, we talk about Clarksville a lot, but there are so many other people that are a part of what you're talking about because you didn't just communicate with Clarksville; it was our whole community to include the Kentucky folks. No. No, that, that's very true. You know, so Mayor Carter Hendricks, I consider to be a friend. Kelly Pendleton, who runs the chamber up there in Christian mm -hmm. County. Um, you know, just wonderful friends. And, and, you know, not because of the positions that they hold, just because they're good people. And they've become part of our life. Yeah. You know, you know I hear that a lot from different um, military people that have been here that Clarksville, they stay here because Clarksville just feels like home. Um, you know, Colonel... Um, Salome, Rob's he stayed yeah. here, yeah, and sure several did. people have, and it has to be, and I never really thought about it until you just said about all the deployments and that raising your kids, it has to be some level of comfort when you're over there having to focus on what you're focusing on, knowing that back here your family's taken care of. Without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely true. Um, I very well remember being in Afghanistan uh, on my last deployment, and, you know, I just get a mayor, uh, I'm sorry, an email from Mayor Jim Durrett, mm -hmm. and it was just, hey, just checking in on you. Yeah. Please let me know if Jen needs anything. And he wasn't doing that because he was the mayor. He was doing that because he was a friend and a just person. a good person, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us about... Um how your military career started. Um, how did you even say, I want to be in the Army? Yeah, that's kind of an unusual one right there because, uh, well, my dad had served in the Navy uh, as an aircraft mechanic uh, for several years. That was all prior to me being born. And uh, I, so I didn't, you know, while I had members of my family that served, it wasn't something that was in my face every day uh, without a doubt. But uh, I went to high school in uh, Denville, New Jersey, Marsnalls High School. And my guidance counselor, T.C. Bradley, uh, attended a conference up at West Point, and he came back from that conference and said that's where you need to go to school i thought he was out of his blessed mind yeah um i was like 
he's he's got that wrong he's crazy uh lo and behold that's where i went to school you know with the full intention i was i was the first person from my family that went to college and getting west point it's not an easy yeah it's not one of the easier schools to get into mm-hmm. so it all kind of worked out and uh, so i was i was blessed to go there uh, made some wonderful friends that you know i'm still friends with today but really that was a vehicle for me to get a, a college education some life experience fully intended on on serving my five-year commitment and moving back home to Denville, New Jersey. And How'd that work out for you? Yeah, 29 years, three months, and seven days later, here we are, wow. right after uh, after all of it there. So, you know, that's that's how it started. Uh, and then I, I commissioned as an air defense artillery officer, and that's where I served uh, during Desert Storm. But shortly after that, I, I just, I was intrigued by the nature of, you know, small, close-knit organizations. And that led me to join uh, the Special Forces Regiment, where I served the remainder of my career. Yeah, that and and I don't know if you've ever spent any time out at Fifth Group or at Gabriel Field. This is something he probably just he looks at me because I always bring it up because of the the what Gabriel Field means in Fifth Group. So tell me what what does Fifth Group mean to you? Um it means a whole lot. I mean, uh, it, it's become our extended family. Yeah, it really has. And, and one of the unique things about Fifth Group and the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, you could say the same thing in, in our community. Th- those soldiers, their families tend to stay in those units for a longer period of time. So they become invested in this community. You know, I'm not in unique. Uh, definitely in each other, right? Mm-hmm. But but then they end up staying here and opening businesses and being very invested in this community right there but because of that also the depth of relationship and friendships you have inside those organizations is pretty significant so you know we have dear friends that that we've known since 2001 and, and we consider them family at this point when when our younger daughter Courtney graduated from high school uh, much of our family was not able to come to that graduation so she didn't even know if we were gonna have a you know a party or anything afterwards we're like oh absolutely we're gonna have it and your your military family is gonna mm-hmm. be there and, and those ladies and, and kids those were the people that actually she grew up around right and had connections to that uh, the bonds are just so unbelievably strong so uh, that's a it's a big part of our life uh, that unit and uh, you know I'm just proud to say I served in that year. yeah yeah because you left there and they did some more time with the 101st I did before retirement right yeah so I, I left fifth group after I was you know fortunate enough to command it from 2011 to 13 went to Fort Bragg where I spent a year on staff there and then another year in Pakistan uh, but then I was able to come back and I was uh, assigned as the acting senior commander here when uh, Major General Gary Valesky took the division headquarters to Iraq uh, I was left back here as the the one general officer on the installation which they need to have for a bunch of different yeah reasons yeah. uh and that really you know uh was an opportunity for me to to give back a little bit to the 101st because my first three assignments here were all in fifth group and whether it was general campbell general petraeus general mcconville uh you know those commanders all did things to help fifth group out as as the senior mission commander and so i felt it was an opportunity for me to to basically return that um I don't want to say favor, but graciousness and camaraderie and teamwork uh, a little bit in the other direction at that point. That's pretty, it's really pretty interesting interesting. what what he's done. And, um, you know, I'm going to move forward now. So so you retire and, and you have two jobs. 
at least. Uh, yeah. So one, one job I, I want to talk about a little bit is Austin P. Mm -hmm. But before we talk about your job there, tell us about your connection to Austin P with your family and sports. So, you know, I think we probably, you know, the Brower kids probably attended their first sports camp at Austin P probably back in about 2003. Um, like a summer sports camp? Summer sports uh -huh. camp, yeah, whether it's soccer, softball, basketball. Um, they were hitting a couple different ones there. And uh, as the years progressed, I told you, you know, I left the family here one year and, uh, and that was really to stabilize our younger daughter, Courtney, um, because she had aspirations of playing college softball. And so she actually was afforded that opportunity and played at Austin P. got her undergrad or graduate degree, was an adjunct professor for a semester there. So that, that definitely tied us uh, to, the to the university and the community. But also uh, the previous athletic director and I, Ryan Ivey, when Courtney was playing there, Ryan and I kind of hit it off, became friends and started working a couple different projects together where we brought the, you know, the athletic staff, the coaches up onto Fort Campbell for a team building event for them, where we kind of ran them through paces, uh, you know, some physical activities. Mm -hmm. There were some educational opportunities for them and, and kind of finished it up when we met with the battalion command teams, brigade command teams, and, and just did some professional development for both groups. You know, how do you, how do you team build? How do you deal with millennials? How do you deal with transition of people, which, you know, are very common to both institutions? So that kind of, you know, was a, a, a deeper tie that was created. And then, you know, what you saw happen then were units on Fort Campbell kind of adopted some of the sports teams at Austin P and established relationships. You know, the 2nd Brigade out of the 101st initially partnered with football. 1st uh, Brigade picked that up and, you know, just did a knock you know, fabulous job working with the football team this past year. Uh, 160 Special Operations Aviation Regiment uh, did some great things with uh, our baseball team just this past year that's kind of, you know, helped shape uh, those young men, you know, not just about baseball, but life yeah. as well. And then Fifth Special Forces Group did some some really neat stuff for our women's golf team right there. And so, you know, those those partnerships, it's not just to help team build uh, the student athlete, but it's also expose them to a piece of America, you know, our military, our military yeah. that, that many Americans really don't get to touch. Well, especially like these, the baseball players, for instance, yeah. they're young men. They are. Who have come from outside this community, yep. a big piece of them, yeah. that probably aren't even, you're not as aware of what's going on in the military world if you aren't from Clarksville no, sometimes. that's very true. So make it, showing them that was probably extremely eye-opening. Yeah. We're doing something to, to you know, to kind of continue that where they, they had a great team building experience up on post, but to, to show a little bit of appreciation back to them, what we're doing this year is we're having a special jersey made that um, we're going to honor some of the Gold Star families in the uh, 160th. Mm -hmm. So on this special jersey, there'll be a Gold Star that, that, you know, symbolizes, you know, families of our fallen. And uh, inside of the gold star on each of the jerseys will be the initials of a fallen Night Stalker. And those players will wear that jersey numerous times over the course of the season. And at the end of the year, we hope to have many of those families here. So um, the last time the players wear that jersey, they can take it off and literally hand it oh, to the family. Oh, that's going to be, that's a tearjerker. That's know, like, right? that's making my it, nose burn right now. It is. And, and we did something similar with football. Mm -hmm. It wasn't specific to a unit, but um, this, we're going to have to ask Travis about that. He's coming in next week. That's great. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and Travis is, you know, you know, I, I would say the two of us kind of brainstormed it, but mm -hmm. Travis has been a driving force to, 
to make yeah. sure that happened and get oh, it done. He's, he's Travis Jansen, the Austin P baseball coach. Yeah. He, I admire him a lot as well because he is all about building the character, not sure just is. building the athletes. That's a very so. true statement. He's afforded me the opportunity to work with uh, his leadership council right there and just do a little leader development. And, and very rarely when I talk to those boys at that time, those young men, uh, rarely are we talking about baseball. We're talking about leadership. We're talking mm -hmm. about life. Uh, and that's, that's one of Coach Jansen's focuses right there. Well, that's going to serve them well, well I after think so. baseball careers are over. I think so, yeah. So I'm, I want to know, not right now, but I want to know more about that. I want to make sure I'm at that game. Yeah. I now we'll be sure to get see, that out. Wanna... You need to take your kids over there. <clears throat> yes. We did, it, uh, we did something similar at, at, at football at the military appreciation mm -hmm. game, and it wasn't focused on a given unit. But um, it was, in all honesty, for me, it was the largest gathering of uh, Gold Star families I've ever seen outside of a military setting. We had mm -hmm. 68 Gold Star families. Um, with over 270 Gold Star family members attend the military appreciation game. Because of NCAA rules, uh, the players couldn't wear these jerseys because we had special jerseys made, and on the back of them were the name of, of the fallen soldier. And so at the end of the game, after, after we won our, our last home game, uh, players shook hands with their opponent. They ran back. They got the jerseys. They lined up on, on the field, and we brought all 68 of those Gold Star families out um, to meet uh, these young student-athletes right there. And, and have them hand over the jersey and show a little bit of appreciation. And, you know, the week prior to the game, we had placed the, the biography of each of those fallen soldiers into the student-athletes' locker so that they could learn a little oh bit about it. And these okay. weren't just official yeah. military bios. These were, these were notes written these by wives, children, that, yes. you know, about what it meant to them to have this opportunity that their, their father was being remembered. We haven't That's forgotten. Yeah. And so... You know, it, and it didn't end right there. You saw, you know, where these these families, you know, still, you know, stay in touch with each other and connect. And so, to me, um, you know, that that was part of Will Healy's focus. Mm -hmm. Just like you talk yeah. about uh, Travis Jansen, it's not just about wins and losses. It's about helping these young student athletes grow Building as a character. person. It really is. So it's been a wonderful opportunity. Well, I imagine for the families that it's just so important to them to know that their family member isn't forgotten. It's very important, mm -hmm. and, and we hear it all the time, as we should. Uh, and it's, it, it just humbles me to have the opportunity to help kind of, you know, make these things happen mm -hmm. right now, because that's exactly what uh, has been said on numerous occasions on, you know, I, when, when we kind of unveiled this to the entire baseball team, uh, one of the, the handwritten notes uh, from a family member. I, I read it twice in my office before I went out with the team and explained it to them. Uh, it, it left me in tears, and, and I, I couldn't read it. So I had the, the, the baseball player that's assigned that family read the letter to his teammates. Wow. And it, it ended, and, and the, the soldier that he was honoring, uh, you know, the, the service member was killed 31 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's his son writing the letter to him. And it just, you know, it said how honored the son was to have him wearing his dad's initials and he knew his dad would be honored as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's 31 years that, after. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. so, you know, and I, I think Austin Peay State University, I, you know, obviously our, our school, right? It's uh, Let's go pee. But they have uh, really a bunch of opportunities for kids. Well, I call them kids. I mean, I was a college, college <laughs> kid. Older. I was a college kid one time. But, the, you know, you, the way the way Austin Peay is 
connected to the military with students, family members, and all, and all that. But Austin P is starting to, I say starting, to really build up their military programs over there. And you're a big part of that, you and General Bailey and others. But can you tell us a little bit about what Austin P's doing for military? Sure. And, you know, and, and I would say at, at the at the P, it starts right at the top. It starts with Dr. Elisa White, our university president. She's very serious about it. She's very committed uh, towards the military. And, and I would say as a, as a university, we don't really view it as an opportunity. You know, there, there's opportunities yeah. there, but we we view it really as an obligation, yeah. right? That we have the military right here and we have an obligation to help take care of them because, you know, a uh, a military-affiliated student, which I consider to be an active duty, uh, National Guard or Reserve, uh, a veteran, a spouse or a child of that those groups, um, it's a little bit more challenging for them, you know, to to earn a degree, you know, and it's it's not that it's easy for anybody. It is challenging, but when you have to deal with moving, uh, or you're, you know, my my daughter when she was at school i was deployed for two of those years mm -hmm. and so it's a piece of her family and i got it you know you go away to college but away is generally not that in pakistan yeah. or afghanistan or iraq worried about my dad's safety yeah. all the time yeah mm -hmm. and so that that makes it a little bit more challenging and then whether it's you know the funding how it happens with some of the you know the uh post 9 11 gi bill which is a wonderful uh entitlement that our service members earn uh, and they can pass it off to their children you know just just understanding the process and how that works yeah. or where you know even though you're getting that there's still other federal grants or scholarships that are available to you you know those are some of the things that we want to make sure that our military affiliated students understand and are not um you know uh, stuck trying to figure it out on their own but you know so those are some of the challenges but there's also opportunities that come you know dr white has a uh, president's emerging leader program that she runs where 20 uh, students in each you know freshman sophomore junior senior are selected each year uh, there's some scholarship money associated with it it's based on you know having good grades in high school and uh, you know solid ACT score that gets you in there and you know you've, you've demonstrated some leadership right so we're going to try to help develop that a little bit more we, we haven't had a military uh, person or somebody with a military background in that yet and in the university you know we sat down and we looked at it why well you know if you if you have somebody that served 20 years in the military you know maybe retired as an infantry first sergeant and is now out well he probably doesn't remember what high school he went to nor what his gpa was <laughs> yeah. and 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 we probably don't care in hit in that instance right because yeah. as we try to find a diverse crowd so that everyone and offers a unique perspective on leadership he offers an unbelievable unique unbelievably unique perspective on leadership right mm -hmm. but but we had the entry criteria that prevented them from from being attracted to yeah. it so now we're adjusting that right because he's going to offer something to the rest of that student body right there right that's going to be of value to him right there so More life skills it is mm -hmm. yeah so you know so i you know where there's challenges there's opportunities too and then yeah. you know working with fort campbell we're working with colonel joe kuchin right now uh, on intergovernmental service agreements he, he he did that with you know our our fort campbell community from hopkinsville oak grove and clarksville montgomery County, Christian County, to, to try to find cost savings to save our taxpayer dollars to be more efficient in their use. So where maybe they have a shortfall and a gap 
uh, and services that they provide at Fort Campbell, he can combine and work that with one of the local uh, municipalities, right? Or with Austin Peay State University to help with some of their environmental um, concerns or challenges right there. So, right, so we're, we're approaching it more as a community, and I think Austin Peay looks to be uh, a part of that where they can help. I think that if there's one thing that Clarksville, Hopkinsville, Austin P, all of them can agree on is when you say, hey, what can we do for our soldiers? They'll all come together and they'll try to figure it out. And I think that that's a yeah. beautiful thing. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, I, I think uh, I think that happens in a lot of places across the country, but it, it happens uh, with a little bit more oomph right here uh, mm -hmm. in our community. I really do believe that. So tell us a little bit about Wings of Liberty Museum. Yeah, so my other job. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I've been blessed to split my time right now, and, uh, and I'm, I'm happy to do that. But the, the Wings of Liberty project has been going on for for um, probably about 18 years now. Yeah. And it's an effort uh, to raise money privately to build a new military museum on Fort Campbell. And, uh, you know, we have a, a nice facility right now, but it's limited in size. Mm -hmm. And that, that limitation um, basically has us only putting about 18% of the artifacts we have on hand on display right now. And the new museum will allow us to put more of the items on display. Uh, and that's, that's nice and a part of it, but it'll be a much more modern facility with a lot more space. And while the, the museum, the building will hold artifacts and stuff, it's a place that allows us to tell the story of the soldiers that served, you know, on Fort Campbell or in, or in these units, mm -hmm. these storied units. There's so much history. There's so much history. Yes. You know, we're, we're coming up on the 75th anniversary of D-Day, you know, this mm -hmm. coming June, which is, you know, an unbelievable milestone. I did uh, not realize it's the 75th anniversary. Yeah. So, you know, there'll be, uh, I mean, huge... Uh, ceremonies and all back mm -hmm. in, in Europe, but, but that'll be, you know, part of what the 101st celebrates storm week of the Eagles coming up here, uh, in the community shortly, mm -hmm. because that history is all tied. And, and, you know, the, so when we, okay, museum, great, you know, building mm -hmm. stuff in it. Right. And it tells, it tells the story, you know, there's a couple reasons we, we believe it to be important, um, you know, to all of us, but one, it definitely helps us in the education of our soldiers. You know, our, our soldiers today can connect back to, uh, their own communities where they came from so much easier than even when I came in the military 30 odd years ago. Uh, and so as we try to adapt and shape the soldiers, um, behavior, their, their culture, their understanding, their commitment uh, to the Army, to the 101st, the 5th Group, to 160th, 52nd EOD, to the hospital. It doesn't matter where they work, but it helps them understand their history and the legacy uh, that they're now charged with defending, you know, that, that reputation right there. And, you know, we pride ourselves on that. But also today, you know, it's only slightly over 1% of our, our population serving is serving in the military today. I didn't realize it was so low. It is, and that's the active force, yeah. right? But when you look at our, our um, you know, all Americans dating back, have they ever served? It sits at about 7.4%. Mm. So right now, today, there's a, probably a greater divide between those that have served and that have not. And that's not to belittle anybody or put anybody down, but, you know, the museum is a way that we can help explain what America's army 
does for the nation, right? And so it's an education piece for civilians and citizens of this country right there. And then we do believe there's some economic development that'll come too, right? Because if we make this a showpiece uh, for our region, tourism. right? The ability to bring more people in to see this uh, will be phenomenal. So we have a wonderful facility uh, designed already. Uh, we already have over $11 million of displays that have been created and are, are waiting. Uh, we have over $5 million of preparation to the site that's been done. You know, architectural drawings are complete and everything. So we still need to, you know, do some serious fundraising to complete this here. But, uh, you know, our goal is to have this open to the public within the next five years. Well, I think that even if you have zero understanding of the military um, or even the 101st, I think a museum like that, it's going to appeal to any history buff because the 101st has been so involved in most of the conflicts uh, historically over time, whether it was Normandy or whatever. So even if you're a history buff, I think the museum would appeal. And that's one of the reasons why I think that economic development and tourism, you're going to, and what about the families that want to come back whose fathers and sons and daughters served? I mean, it's just got such mass appeal in my yeah. opinion. And you know, and so it's not just the 101st, remember, Katie, right? right? right. I know a lot of people sometimes mm -hmm. equate Fort Campbell to the 101st and, and Fort Campbell, I'm sorry, the 101st is a huge piece of that. But again, it's for all those units there. So, you know, right. the, the 23 Medal of Honor recipients from 5th Special Forces Group, you know, the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment that uh, you know, flew the seals in on the bin Laden raid, you know, the horse right. soldiers that started, uh, the, you know, our, our response to 9-11 in Afghanistan out of 5th Special Forces Group, the unbelievable service the 101st has provided to us starting in, in World War II and, you know, mm -hmm. um, Bastogne, D-Day, all of those events right there, their service in Vietnam, the current conflicts, it's just, it's amazing. And as you talked about those family members being able to come back and see, you know, our ability to use technology now we'll have the ability in the new museum uh, to take oral histories so when granddad comes back and wants to share you know oh, what wow. he did in mm -hmm. Vietnam or, or you know you know, our World War II veterans, mm -hmm. um, you know, they can share that. And now we've captured that. And grandchildren or great-grandchildren can come back and see what mom, dad, uncles, aunts mm -hmm. did on behalf of this country. That's interesting. Yeah. You see why we're blessed to have people like Scott and, and many others like him in our community because he can tell the story. And there have been, I don't know how many times we've ever talked, probably too many for your liking. But the <laughs> point is, I learned something from him every time I talk to him. And it's just the, the history and the, and the knowledge of, of the army that comes out of you. I get intrigued, so I can sit here and just not even, I know it's hard for you to believe, just, just not even say anything. That and is just, hard and for listen, me to believe. And listen that to you guys true. talk, because I think it's really important. You know, you talk about the museum and Austin P. I I think it's brilliant that Austin P. has, has people like you and General Bailey and others that, that have the connections and know how things Things work. So when you're working with with Fort Campbell, you you know it's not new to you. You yeah. can dive right in. Right. So I just think it's brilliant what what Austin P's doing, and 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 we're definitely blessed to have you in our community for sure. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd love to help however I can. Just awesome. We can connect the dots. I think you Great. can do it. I don't. I hope. Yeah. We'll see. I, I always like to know. volunteer Katie's services to well, I appreciate others. Appreciate that, Charles. So mm -hmm. she's all yours. I'll take you up on that. That'll be awesome. <laughs>
No, I am passionate about this. And actually, um, I told you one of the first things I did when I came here was went out on Fort Campbell, went through that museum. So I'd love to see it in a grander scale because I was just so, you know, being some, I grew up in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And so when I got here, I wasn't as familiar. I mean, let's be quite honest. If you aren't from a military town, a lot of people don't realize that we were still at war in 2007. They just aren't aware. And so to go out there and go through that and learn so much, I was, it was just so impressive and there's no way that those type thing that you can't be an American and not have those things pull at your heartstrings. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. And and there's just so many unbelievable stories to be told. I mean, I've been blessed to meet a gentleman by the name of Vinny Speranza, uh, who, you know, fought in World War II with the 101st, you know, was part of the the siege at Bastogne. Mm -hmm. And Vinny's now in his mid nineties and and Mm -hmm. he still comes back you know, to Fort Campbell, visits with our soldiers, you know, and, and share stories. And it's just amazing to, to be able to touch those people. But unfortunately, we all know, you know, that won't last much longer right. with the World War II generation. And mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, we shouldn't lose as Americans, you know. And, and But now there's, there's stories that are occurring now, mm-hmm. today, right, that, you know, from the soldiers that are doing just... Uh, as amazing things right now on behalf of our country. And you said in 2007, um, you know, you wouldn't know that we were Mm -hmm. still at war at times. Well, you know, there's soldiers on Fort Campbell today that are deployed around this globe, you know, on our behalf right now today. And there's a lot of them, you know, fifth special forces group, you know, is largely responsible for the dismantling of ISIS in Syria and Iraq. You know, the 101st uh, just came back from another rendezvous with destiny in Afghanistan, just recently returning, you know, a couple of the brigades of division headquarters and uh, and they still have soldiers deployed around the world the 160th special operations those guys are active all the time 52nd explosive ordnance detachment i mean those guys are you know stateside doing their job they're oconus overseas doing their job constantly so that's still going on and the history is still being made mm-hmm. you know right now today and uh having a place to capture that and share it is is uh Something I think is important. It really is. Sometimes you can't, don't realize the historical significance till you're way out here and you can look back yeah. on it. It's kind of like Vietnam. When they were in the middle of it, people <clears throat> didn't realize the historical significance. But now we can look back and go, you know, my dad was at Vietnam. So now you can look back and go, wow, those guys... Yeah. To be celebrated. You, you know, know e- even it's a challenge, you know, for our soldiers to understand mm-hmm. that. You know, when um, after I left 5th Special Forces Group and I was assigned over the 101st, uh, the commander of 5th Group at the time, Kevin Lay, a good friend of mine, he made a decision to change the flash on, on the 5th Group beret back to the Vietnam-era flash. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't going back in history. What it was was connecting history, right? It was mm-hmm. connecting the current soldiers to the soldiers of that generation and making sure they understand again, you know, they're now the guardians of their reputation and history and legacy. Mm -hmm. Those 23 Medal of Honor recipients, the, you know, the numerous other Valor Awards and and what they did, you know, for our country in that conflict right there. And, um, you know, each of the the operational complexes for that unit is named after a Medal of Honor recipient. And when you have the soldier standing there and a member of that family, whether it's the Medal of Honor recipient himself or somebody from their family there, you can see the pride well up in those young soldiers that they recognize that they're somehow connected to this. It's something bigger than... It's bigger than them, for sure, mm-hmm. right? And they're, they're proud of it at that point. So that, mm-hmm. that history aspect is huge. I agree. Yeah. 
Well, we appreciate you coming in. I've certainly enjoyed getting to know you today. Well, thanks. I appreciate the opportunity. And I'm hoping that we can spend more time. Maybe you'll come back and keep us updated on different stuff going sure. on. Sure. Love to. Clarksville's Conversation. Subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation.